Welcome, everybody, to episode 139 of the Great Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And for those of you on Facebook, this is my shirt. <laughs> yes, it is the Jim Hopper shirt. Oh, yeah. You know, I saw it in the store. I'm just like, that bitch mine. And I was in Canada, so it was like fake money anyway. Oh, yeah, when you're on vacation, nothing you do counts. No, it's... Like uh, you know what what stays in Vegas, or what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Same for Canada. <laughs> we had a blackjack dealer who kept telling us over and over that that's not true. According to him, to her, but she kept saying, "What happens in Vegas goes home with you." Okay, I think she meant like herpes. Mm, yeah. I mean, realistically, yeah. If you like go to Vegas and you like cheat on your wife, you're bringing that home with you. Or if you lose like ten thousand dollars, <laughs> right? Like your bank- you can't go to the bank and just be like, "Well, yeah, but that was in Vegas." Yeah, your bank ex- bank account exists in other place other than Las Vegas. So yeah, you can't just be like, "I'm home now," so all that debt is just wiped out, right? Yeah, that was just a weekend. Right? That was that was Vegas money. <laughs> it's like Disney money, but you know, I was going to buy this shirt. I told my wife I wanted to buy it. And uh, like, this is like $40 is like totally overpriced, but it's like, let me look at it. <laughs> look at this shirt. It's fucking awesome. Um, and so we were at, we were just walking around a mall while we were up in Vancouver and I saw this on the shelf and I'm like, all right, well maybe it's a little cheaper. At least the tax is probably less up here, which I have no idea if that's true or not. <laughs> So it's like, I'm just going to buy it, whatever. And she's like, if you buy it, you're going to have to wear it. Or I'm going to make you wear it. Like, don't think I'm not going to wear You're going to make me do anything. (laughs) I'm going to wear the shit out of this shirt. (laughs) And fuck if I'm not wearing the shit out of this shirt. God damn. Look at this. Look at this. I don't know how to pose. I'm not a model. (laughs) I could be a model. People told me that. People told me I could be a model. (laughs) That's how you pose, son. <laughs> uh, anyway, how's it going, Taylor? It's going pretty well. Yeah. What's new? What's new? Um, well, I mean, like we said at the end of last episode, this one's going to air on my birthday. Yay, birthday. July 31st. Thank you very much. Old. Old man. I am old. <laughs> 36? Too damn old for this shit. <laughs> 36, yes. Nonsense. There are people older than us doing podcasts. That's true. Hi, Steve. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> um, cool. Any plans? I know it's a Wednesday, but yeah. Um, Jesus, friend, uh, friends, <laughs> <laughs> parents are flying in from Pennsylvania. Um, Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Blah not, blah 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 blah. Not Punxsutawney. That'd be funny. Yeah. Then that joke would be good. Well, it's Groundhog Day <laughs> again. <laughs> um. Never no, they're, they're they're flying in. We're gonna go camping over the weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. Where at? Uh, Woodby Island, Deception Pass. Nice, nice. Yeah, pretty excited. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, my parents-in-law. That doesn't make sense. My in-laws. In-laws. Yeah. Um, they just moved out of their house, and so they're just purging a lot of shit, and they got rid of a bunch of camping stuff. 
And like a lot of it was fairly, well, I mean, not brand new. Like they didn't just buy it, but they bought it and used it like once or twice. And they're like, had no use for it. So they were just going to like take it to goodwill. Like a really nice, like seven person tent. Like a, like a Coleman uh, stove. It's like, yeah, I'll fucking take that. Oh yeah. But it's like, I have no idea when or if we'll ever go camping. So, <laughs> but like, you remember that big tent we used for uh, the camp out? Yeah. Like that's that was my family tent. My parents bought that when I was a, like a baby. I think it was massive. It's big, and uh, I think that's like a seven person tent. So I'm expecting this tent to be about as big as that, uh, but you know, newer. Yeah, and not full of holes. <laughs> so, you know, at least I have it. Because then you have it. Um, we we do have a bit of an announcement as well. It's on it's on the sheet. If you want. Oh, to. that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I see someone is watching. I hope I, I hope that it's one of these people that liked the post. But uh, <laughs> we we can officially announce the return of the Grave Plot Film Fest. Yeah, February first, twenty twenty, the Grave Plot Film Fest Part Two. It's been brought to my attention that the hashtag we've been using is a little off putting because it like we're using. I know last year we used GPFF 19 because 2019. This this time we're using GPFF 20. But that kind of represents almost as if it's the 20th film festival. And it's not. It's the second. Yeah. So it's just, it can be deceiving. But rest assured, it's not the 20th. <laughs> it's just taking place in 2020. I mean, we could maybe change the hashtag up or something. Nobody's posting about it yet, so I think it's fine. It's not a, it's not the hot story on town yet. Or yeah, on it's, town it's, yet. it's not trending. <laughs> but um, no, we're we're excited to do it. Um, we, yeah, for for you filmmakers out there, uh, August first, we're going to open up for submissions. Uh, same thing as last short films, horror genre, fifteen minutes or less. And uh, we're hoping to get get some submission, get a lot of good submissions again. And uh, yeah, last year was killer, guys, and we're really looking forward to. Uh, putting out the same kind of show. Um, hope, I mean, hopefully better. I mean, we always want to improve. Yeah. We're, we're talking about the possibility of including a feature, not one for judging, just to have one that we show. We haven't really set, <clears throat> settled on that yet. Um, it's still in discussion. It's still in talks. Yeah. In, in, in showbiz. If, if we do, we'll most likely extend the event. Uh, to accommodate the extra time and and i mean this is all inside baseball stuff that doesn't really matter yet because none of it is official but if we do that then we'll have a lunch break and it'll be we'll we'll let people like you know go out and breathe and stuff yeah it'll be more than just a 10 minute intermission order we did last year and also uh different from last year is we're going to be in a bigger theater so we're going to have uh was over over 200 seats? I think or? it's 205. 205. Uh, as opposed to last year, where it was just over 100, I think. It was 105, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, bigger theater. We, I mean, we sold out online, like, I can't, it was about a week before the show, right? Or was Something it, like that, yeah. So, I mean, we completely sold out. We had no tickets to sell at the door like we had planned to. Um, um, and uh, hopefully have some at the door for, we might, maybe we'll set some aside, like a certain amount for people to just, street walkers to come <laughs> to come in and buy them. Um, but uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yes, yeah, so like I said, uh, August 1st, submissions will be open. 
head to graveplotfilmfest.com for for more information. Yeah, we need to do a Indiegogo video. Yeah, we we're also going to we're going to get an Indiegogo going. Um go go go. Go go going. <laughs> uh also we are currently as of right this moment accepting sponsors. So if you're interested in sponsoring the event, um you can contact us contact at graveplotfilmfest.com. Yeah, buy-in was uh, I think $250. Yeah, and that gets you your logo on all posters, flyers, the website. You get your own slide in a slideshow that's going to be shown before and during intermission of the event. So, yep. And plus, we'll talk about you on the podcast. Yeah. Um, we're talking about having like a, another sponsorship tier that would really only be available to you know one lucky contestant. Um, but we're still, again, working out those details. Yeah, like I said, if you're interested, just contact us and we'll we'll work something out. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, get hype, guys, and look out for details about that as they come out. Um, neat. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? Yes. I want to talk about this goddamn Halloween petition. <laughs> yeah, that that whole thing. Okay, so for those of you who haven't seen it. There is a petition on change.org. I'm not going to link it because it's bullshit. Uh, to move the date of Halloween to a, a floating day of the last September in October. Stupid. You can't do that. <laughs> like Halloween is not an arbitrary day. Like no one just said, you know, the last day in October seems like a good day for Halloween. Yeah, their their tradition dating back to ancient Celtic times and the uh, festival of Samhain, and it it's all surrounded around All Souls Day, which is November first, and um, I mean technically it's the evening of October first to the evening of November first because that's how the the Celtic days worked, but it was the time of the year when the veil between the worlds of the living and the dead are the thinnest, and you could communicate with the dead. That was the whole point of Halloween. Mm -hmm. So you can't just move it. No. It's, it's like moving the 4th of July. Like it, It's that <laughs> day for a reason. Or really any holiday that is set on a day. I mean, it's more, more, than, more often than not, they're set on that day for a specific reason. Right. Like Christmas is set on December 25th because that's the winter solstice. <laughs> That's what it is. That's why it's there, guys. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, homeschoolers. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Science proves that if Jesus was a, was a real person, he was in fact born in I think like March or April. The Bible says. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, sorry. Yeah. It's just the Christ or the 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 Christian faith wanting to override Settlers. everything pagan. Yeah. So I mean, if we want to start talking about. You know, making the last Saturday of October Halloween observed or something. Okay, whatever. It's, we always have our Halloween party that Saturday, anyways. Yeah, but you can't change Halloween. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom line. Yeah, it's it's uh, it serves no real purpose other than giving. I mean, it gives people an excuse to to drink more. And the only the only valid reason I can think of is for parents that are out late with their kids trick or treating, don't want to get up super early the next morning, 
to get up and go to work. It's understandable, but you know, you shouldn't be out till like eight, nine, ten o'clock trick-or-treating with your kids anyway. It gets dark at like six o'clock. Start trick-or-treating then. Trick-or-treat for an hour or two before, you know, when the kids inevitably get tired. Yeah. Um, and call it a night. It's like, I mean, I'm not a parent myself, but I was a kid. I do remember how this works. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, yeah. It's stupid. I mean, it, and I think really the, 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 probably the biggest, uh, subsection of people that are calling for this are the people that want to party on, um, on, um, Halloween night and not have to go to work the next morning. Well, yeah. I mean, that sounds great. So here's my suggestion. We make Saturday before Halloween observed, keep Halloween how it is. And also make All Souls Day a national holiday. So we get two Halloweens and we don't have to go all the way around (laughs) to get what I want. (laughs) (coughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Let's let's keep Halloween sacred, guys. Yeah. Like like I said, I would love to know what Sam thinks about this. You'd be furious. Yeah. You gotta kick all. There your are rules. Asses. There are traditions. There are reasons why October, All Hallows Eve, is October thirty first, and that's just the way it is. And you cannot change that. Mm-hmm. And you know the thing about making All Souls Day, um, or All Saints Day, depending on what faith you follow. Uh, you know, you do run into the issue about that, basically. Um, um, creating time off for a uh, a religious holiday which is tough um but i mean you know this administration has no problem doing things like that so i mean people get christmas off that's- yeah and that's the thing is it's like it, it, it's it's weird that people get christmas and you know, on easter's on sunday but um people get christmas off um but people don't get like hanukkah off yeah so i don't know that always I mean, I'm pretty sure if you like request it and they don't give it to you, you can not press charges, but you can fight it. Religious persecution or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, I think in order to be fair, they'd only be obligated to, to give be you, fair. To be fair. Would have been only obligated to give you like one day off. Yeah. Um, or two or whatever they offer. Right. All the all the Gentiles. Yeah. Anyway. Neat. Halloween. Yeah. Keep keep Halloween great. Again. <laughs> <laughs> and keep it October 31st. God damn it. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Um, Is that it? I think that's it. Okay. Well, why don't we just launch into horror business? That's me launching. Taylor's flying or something. I'm launching. So before we start with horror business, I want to talk uh, about our grave diggers and what great people they are. Oh, shit. (laughs) Over on Patreon, our grave diggers contribute to us every month and um, help us keep this show running. 
Um, we we uh, don't require a lot of money, but more is always nice, um, and it helps us not have to completely pay the show pay for the show out of pocket. Um, those lovely people are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. Thank you so much, guys, for all of your help and your contributions and uh, your picks for Patreon and all that. You guys helped pick this episode, so con- congrat- congratulations. Good on you. <laughs> well done, you. Uh, Taylor. If anybody else wants to be a grave digger, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. For as little as $1, you get exclusive content, including monthly video reviews of movies chosen by the grave diggers. Plus, you get to put in nominations for episodes like this one, where we review movies that you picked. Uh, $5 gets your name in the show, like those people Tony just mentioned. $10, have you designed the new thing yet? No, I actually forgot about that. Okay, well, $10 is going to be a new thing. I mean, does it have to be a secret? It's Well, you're going to get an exclusive t-shirt. All right. Uh, $100, I'll get a a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. Uh, He still does not have a tattoo of a unicorn on his ass, guys. It's true. I do not. And this is a fundamental issue in our society, (laughs) is that nobody cares enough that Taylor doesn't have a tattoo of a unicorn on his ass. Won't you help today? Wouldn't you like to get a tattoo for me on my butt? <laughs> help us out, guys. $100. You only have to do it once. Because once you, the tattoo's there, it's there for life. But you can do it more. You can. We would appreciate if you did it more. I mean, you could do 100 once and then like drop down to five. Sure. That's sure. fine. Then you get your name on the show still. Or if you like keep donating $100, Taylor will add on to the tattoo. That's not, I didn't agree to that. He'll create like this big fantastical landscape on his ass. I don't think I will. <laughs> you won't sit down for a week. I don't, you, you're not gonna SHIT right for a month. <laughs> Where are you at, John Ritter? One love. One love. <laughs> we have so many loves. <laughs> <laughs> no, just one. For, for right now. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so on with things. Uh, first up in horror business, we're talking about some real world horror. Um, those of you that have soiled yourself with the Conjuring films um, might be interested soiled in this. Soiled yourself? Soiled your eyes and your soul. Like they pooped their pants? <laughs> they pooped on their souls. James Wan did, James anyway. James Wan pooped on your soul. <laughs> That's the sound bit right there. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, off in Rhode Island, the the real... Off on the road to Rhode Island. Okay, you got it. That's, that's like relevant, so, sort of. <laughs> uh, in Rhode Island, the house where the supposed real conjuring took place uh, has been purchased and is going to be open to visitors. Thankfully... So- not purchased by one douche Baggins. <laughs> He's working AKA on something else. Dildo Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> no, he bought Charles Manson's fucking murder house. Yeah, why not? Yeah, the de Blasio house in, in LA. 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 Tacos, uh, tacos, tacos, Venice Beach tacos. <laughs> 
All it is is some chicken steak or, or uh, cornitas wrapped in a tortitas. How fucking good can they be? Oh, you haven't had tacos today, but tacos in LA. I uh, know. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Conjuring House was, uh, or sorry, the house or the story, the ability of the Conjuring, whatever, was based on the real life. Bullshit, invest- bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> Well, it's based on the real life investigation by uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren. <laughs> by, by real life con artist Ed and Lorraine yeah. Warren. <laughs> Who took advantage of real life saps. Um, let's see. Uh, did, did, did I lost my place. Yeah, real life saps, the Perrin family. Um, at the Rhode Island farmhouse in 1971. As reported by the Press Herald, Corey and Jennifer and Heinzen are the latest owners of the farmhouse. It was built in 1736. Wow, really? I didn't know it was that That's old. It's an old-ass farmhouse. Um, I mean, when it's in Rod Island. Makes sense. Rod Island? Rod Island. Uh, the ground is sour. Sour. <laughs> that's, why, that's why there's ghosts. Because the ground is sour. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. dead is better. <laughs> I mean, that's New Hampshire, but, you know, same diff. Whatever, it's all, it's all, it's a little cluster of worthless states up in the <laughs> Northeast. Uh, anyway, the Hensons, or Heinzons are going to be turning the property into a tourist attraction. Um, the previous owner sued Warner Brothers after they released The Conjuring because it brought horror fans onto the property. Uh, but the new owners are, they're cooler. It's like the opposite of the Goonies house. Right. The old owners were like, yeah, come on in. You want some coffee or something? Fucking... And the new owner's like, get off my property. Well, I think it's the same. Get owner- off my lawn. <laughs> I think they're the same owners that still live there when I went there. But I think they've just been, they just got sick of it. Like in between the time I went there and it's like two, three years later. Yeah. Um, I think they must have just gotten sick of it. Oh, so it's actually the same people. I think. I I mean, they were relatively new owners. I know that at the time. They'd only owned it for a handful of years. Mm. Um, but they were still letting people on, um, you know, come check out the house. But I think I think they got pissed off because people were, like, pissing in their bushes and, like, coming up on the on the, uh, the wraparound deck and shit like that. Just really just an invasion of their privacy and personal space, especially when they were being so, you know, gracious and in letting people come onto their property to check out the house. Yeah. Um, people are just, you know, you can't, you can't trust people. They're fucking assholes inherently. It's true. Wonder um, how long until the Heinzens have that issue. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're while, while the Goonies house wasn't a tourist, like set up as a tourist attraction, they weren't selling like novelties and shit. This sounds like it's going to be, uh, intentionally, a tourist attraction. They're going to open a gift shop. Yeah, probably. Have a little stuffed Bathsheba's. <laughs> um, let's see. Stuffed Patrick Wilson's. <laughs> um, sounds like the Heinzens are going to uh, fix it up and preserve the, uh, the house, tell its history, and open up its vi- open up to visitors and investigators later, later this year. So that'll be fun. Get to see every fucking ghost hunter in the fucking planet say, "Oh, we just checked out the Conjuring House." Mm. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because speaking of dildo baggins, <laughs> ghost hunter. Oh wait, this is ghost hunters, not ghost adventures. Never mind. Sorry. Uh, the ghost hunters Halloween special on October 31st is actually going to be 
at this house. Ooh, spoopy. <laughs> Poop. <laughs> um, we had doors opening, footsteps, and knocks, Heinz and told the outlet. Wait. Oh, wait. What is this? The Press Herald. Oh, got it. Um, I've had a hard time staying there by myself. I don't have the feeling of anything evil, but it's very busy. You can tell there's a lot of so things. So busy. <laughs> so busy. You have no idea. Uh, <laughs> um, you can tell there's a lot of things going on in the house. I've always been fascinated with the Warrens and their ability to con <laughs> simple that, people. That's why I'm opening this to the public so I can take their money. <laughs> I've always admired their ability to con people. Um, it's just a piece of paranormal history, this house. I uh, said, uh, this is, oh, uh, the husband, didn't, we didn't give names. Oh, wait, Corey. So this is Corey Heinzen said, uh, we immediately fell in love with it. Eight and a half acres, a river in the back and a pond. It's so serene down there. Never mind the story behind the house. It's a beautiful home. See, I would, I don't know. Well, so are they going to be living there? It doesn't sound like it. I mean, you can't really turn it into a tourist attraction if it's an active household. Well, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so that's neat. Whatever. So if you're in Rhode Island in the next couple of years, and you want to check out the Conjuring House for whatever reason, you can. It's funny if you, whenever you like look at the real stories behind all of uh, the Warren's investigations, it's like complete bullshit. Well, yeah. Like even the the people who were behind the Amityville thing eventually um, owned up to it and said the whole thing was fake. Yeah. And like uh, the stuff that happened in The Conjuring 2, fucking nonsense. <laughs> uh, I think uh, The Haunting in Connecticut, I think that was also uh, based on a warren investigation oh was it yeah was the haunting in connecticut too the haunting is in georgia now (laughs) i don't know the story of that one but like like um i think it's on the dvd because my wife owns the dvd why not um there's like a an interview with the real family that lived in the house in in connecticut you know the one that was haunted (laughs) um and uh it's like listening to these people it's like you guys are out of your minds like, I think you guys are legitimately insane. And so it's like, of course you were prey for the Warrens. Yep. And I, I could be wrong. That may not be a Warren investigation. But regardless, those people were insane. Um, anyway. Haunted houses. Hey. Attack of the killer tomatoes. Attack. Of the killer tomatoes. They'll beat you, bash you, squish you, mash you, chew you up for brunch, and finish you off for dinner or lunch. All right, so jumping into horror business proper, gonna kick things off with the story that everyone is talking about, just the the buzz of the horror world right now. The buzz uh, of town. Um, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen it on all the websites and everything, but you know, we got we have to talk about it, obviously. <laughs> the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes reboot has officially started filming. It's exciting, guys. Uh, during Comic-Con of last year, it was announced that Atomic Toy Box, who, I mean, you guys know Atomic Toy Box, right? Naturally. Uh, that they were working on a reboot of the 1978 cult classic. I didn't realize it was that old. I thought it was 80s. Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised. 
I, I mean, I, I guess I would have thought it was 80s too, but the fact that it, it's 70s isn't a huge shock. Yeah. Uh, well, director Dustin Ferguson, who of course did Amityville, Evil Never Dies, and Camp Blood 4 and 5. Neat. So, you know, he's he's kind of a big deal. <laughs> uh, he announced on his Facebook, Today I direct the first attack scene for the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes reboot. This has been a long time coming, and I couldn't be more honored. Honored. Well, That's the word he went with. Well, I mean, you know, when you get such a uh, a hotly pursued f- uh, property, like Attack of the Till- Killer Tomatoes, then, you know... You, you take it in stride. You know you've made it. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, big time. I mean, really. Uh, there's been talk of uh, of a reboot for of this for a long time. Back in 2005, there was actually word that Adam Sandler was in talks. I don't know if that was to star or to produce or what the deal was, but he was apparently in talks to to make the the damn thing. Um. It's weird because they're apparently filming now, but there's no word yet on who's in the damn thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know. Uh, you you may have heard of a little person called... I don't know. I was trying to come up with like, like a, a, a fake name somebody no, nobody would ever heard of, but I couldn't do it. I'm not good at ad-libbing. You can tell by listening to the show. <laughs> Starring Jay Baruchel. <laughs> Why not? And George Clooney will revise his role from part two. And a little guy, you may have heard of him, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> All right, now, Samuel, up and coming. Samuel, when you lay her down in front of the fire. <laughs> um, it's kind of like bang ch- the drum slowly, except the drum's a chick. <laughs> There's also no word yet on when this will actually be released. But if you, like us, want to know more info, head over to KillerTomatoes.com and sign up for their mailing list. Man, I'm practically salivating over this. Because you love tomatoes. I'm all about those tomatoes. If, for whatever reason, you guys out there don't know what Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is, I mean, was, was there three movies or just two? I think there was three movies and then the cartoon, right? I only remember the first two movies and the cartoon. If there was a third one, I'm not familiar with it. So there was Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was the first one. And then I think it was like Return of the Killer Tomatoes and then Killer Tomatoes Eat France. I I didn't know about that one. (laughs) Yeah. And then there was an animated series. But basically, these scientists engineer these massive kaiju-sized tomatoes that just eat people. They have big giant mouths full of teeth and they eat people. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> the best part of the whole thing is the theme song. <laughs> it is. Which you heard at the beginning of the story. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember the, um, the animated series fondly. I, I watched it. Oh yeah, me too. All the time. Uh, I think John Aston did the voice of Dr. Gangrene. No shit. I think so. Or at least it was somebody that sounded like him. Starring John Aston. I can't believe I can remember that. You are correct, sir. Hey yo. <laughs> uh yeah, it was, I mean, two it was seasons. 
It was basically a you know parody of Godzilla and King Kong and those those monster movies. Yeah, I think I mean I think Troma at least at one point was was the distributor for it, but it is right up Troma's alley. Oh yeah, it's it's silly. Yeah, I mean it's not particularly well made. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, the acting is terrible, but. It's just one of those movies where you just like it, or you just like it because you can laugh along with it, because it's just over the top and ridiculous. Yeah, and like we said, George Clooney, I, if not his first, it was one of his first movies. Was was the second one? I think his first movie was Return to Horror High. Okay, so I mean, it was an early role for a young George Clooney. Do you still have his mullet? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, cool. So. So keep an eye on that. Get hype, guys. So the longer that the new Halloween has been out, like as time goes on, the more I'm realizing how many people didn't like it. Really? Yeah. I think I'm, I think a lot of people thought it sucked. I think a lot of people didn't like that it overwrote almost well, the entire franchise. Um, and, you know, everybody has kind of their various reasons for not liking it, but I just thought it was very widely uh, liked by Halloween Yeah, it fans. seemed like it. Um. <laughs> I would have preferred that they included Halloween 2 rather than overriding that one too. But like we said in our review, it's a Halloween movie. It's fine. Yeah, it felt like a Halloween movie. It had the same tone and everything. So it, in that way, in that you know uh, mission, they accomplished. They, they succeeded. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, me- was it like anything earth shattering or groundbreaking? No, obviously not. Because it felt like the first movie, first two movies. Yeah, I mean, it had maybe a little more... It didn't shy away from the blood and violence like Carpenter did in the original. Right, but that's a sign of, that's a sign of the times more yeah. than anything. Um, anyway, um, but immediately after it came out, people were, were talking about a sequel, um, and you know the speculation started. And I don't think it was too long after before they um, said, that, yeah, we're working on a sequel. Well, I mean, originally it was reported they were going to film at least two back-to-back. Well, that's somewhat recent, isn't it? No, I think this was announced, or maybe not announced, but like rumored when they first announced it. Oh. But then uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride were like, let's make sure people like the first one first. Yeah. It's like, hold on, movie studio. (laughs) Just... Cool your jets. Pump your brakes. <laughs> um, anyway, but we did get recent news that... Um, oh, wait. So, okay. So, I guess it's just... It's been officially announced by Blumhouse and uh, John Carpenter himself that Halloween 2 and 3 are on their way. Um, it does sound like they are, are planning on filming them back-to-back or even simultaneously. I'm not sure. I, oh, I don't know. Um, you may remember, I think it was last episode, if not, if it was two episodes ago, where there was a rumor that both movies were going to come out on the same day. Right. Which would have been not 
Good. Yeah. Now that there's official news, we can tell you they are not. Right. Halloween 2 or Halloween Kills. That's awful. That's a terrible name. No fucking brain cells lost on that That one. That's a garbage name. (laughs) That, That means nothing. Also, Machete is going to fucking sue. I know. That's immediately what I thought of. Like the, So the, the two films are going to be call, called Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. Like Halloween Ends is better. It's still not very good. It's really not But very it's better good. than Halloween Kills. But those two titles, I immediately thought of Machete because that, or just like those old, actual legit 70s grindhouse movies. Yeah. Just stupid titles like that. But Halloween Kills, or Halloween 2, as I'm going to call it, because Halloween Kills is awful, <laughs> um, is coming out coming to theaters on October 16th, 2020. Halloween 3, the better Halloween 3, hopefully, will be out on October 15th. Can it get better? <laughs> uh, I think it can. <laughs> oh, I think I, I, think I got it. <laughs> uh, it's coming out on October 15th, 2021. Um. Dave and Gordon Gree is directing both. They will be filmed back to back. Oh, so okay. I guess not at the same time. Uh, uh, Green said, uh, we start in September and we'll shoot them back to back with a breather in between. So it's not back to back. Back to back means you're literally filming them back to back. But they'll be out in two consecutive years. <laughs> and that's a wrap. <sighs> All right. Places. <laughs> um. I mean that'd be convenient because theoretically you could pick up or you could do like a Halloween one, Halloween or like Halloween, Halloween two thing where you pick up on the same night. Yeah, I mean Halloween two literally picks up at the exact same moment. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it's like, all right, we're wrapped. Let's film the opening scene for the next one while yeah. we're while we're here. Everything's set up. <laughs> we don't have to worry about continuity. Like they come back like you know. Two weeks later, or however long the breather is, and the cinematographer's like, wait, so you wanted exactly how it was before? You know how long that took me to set up? Because <laughs> um, as we know, being on a film set, it's like 90% waiting for the DP to set up the cameras. Oh, yeah. Just like hurry up and wait is pretty much the MO of being on a film set. Um, let's see. Uh, they'll be out in two consecutive years in 2020 and 2021. Um You'll get a breather this year, and then for the next two years, it's going to be crazy. He likes that word breather. He likes, He's all about breathers. Is he fat? Does he need, I don't know. Does I don't he need know. a lot of breathers? I don't think I've ever seen him. Because, <laughs> um, you know, fat people, they'd be needing breathers. <laughs> nope, he's not fat. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Such a stupid presumption. <laughs> 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 yeah, he just uses the word breather multiple times because he's fat. <laughs> um, uh, it's just a continuation of it. It's gonna tell this. It's telling a story moving forward. It's not another reinvention or anything like that. <laughs> oh, thank God! Um, if they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna remake the movie we just made," <laughs> I would fucking get my pitchfork out. Like, <laughs> like I'm gonna find you. <laughs> Throw a fucking brick at your head. Um, uh, it's this world that we've established and then it continues beyond the events of the first one. Jamie Lee Curtis is on board to star. So at least there's that. Um, as the title suggests, the third film is intended to be the end of the saga. But 
don't get too excited. <laughs> I wouldn't be excited. Um, because <laughs> they're never done telling the Frankenstein story. And at this point, Michael Myers is a classic movie monster. But our Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode slash Michael Myers saga will be done. I mean, it was already done once. It was done. It was already done multiple times. Actually, it was done after two. Yeah. And then you just kept. Then it was done it. after six. And they brought her back and brought her back. And then she died in H two O. Spoiler alert. Yeah. In the dumbest. And they fucking still way. made more movies after that. And then there was a new Laurie Strode. And then she turned into what a drunk or a crackhead or something yeah some kind of drug addict some kind of rob zombie character i don't know <laughs> some kind of rob zombie cliche <laughs> um the fun of it is also seeing the end and knowing that it can if you just keep trying to elongate it and milk it for all of the money then that's boring you mean like making a remake of a series that was dead i feel like the studio is trying to say that and going no wait no <laughs> <laughs> We we can keep this going. Child, please. Um, I think Michael Myers is such an iconic character that no one besides Carpenter is ever going to have ownership over him. Uh, this will be our chance at the table to play with these characters, and I'm sure that when we're done, other people will come in and do the same thing or have their own reinvention. So you're basically saying that remakes will never die. Basically. Like has has Blumhouse already told him that like is once we finish this we're gonna find somebody else <laughs> we're just gonna start all over. Um, Michael Myers is iconic enough to allow that too. No, he isn't. He's like James Bond, where you can have different actors and different filmmakers. You could literally have any actor under Michael Myers' mask. You could have a woman; nobody would know. It's true, but they are bringing back Nick Castle. Which so what? Yeah, that's I, I don't fucking care. That's if it was. It's not like Freddie or Doug Bradley. Yeah, or, it's not like someone who has an, an identity and who has a persona and a personality. Like, Michael and Jason are just, they're faceless. Mm -hmm. They're most, they're not motionless, they're emotionless. It could be anybody. Yeah. Um, he represents something so simple and scary that he can be translated by lots of different people. Uh, yeah, you can make him into basically Jason. <clears throat> the guy that John Carpenter claimed was a ripoff of Michael Myers. <laughs> so there's that. Have you noticed that over the years that Michael Myers basically turned into Jason? Yeah. Because Jason's better. <laughs> Suck it. I said it. Fight there's, me. Fight me. There's also rumors that Tommy Doyle might be back in one of these movies. But and Why? I mean, if we're retconning all the sequels, so we're forgetting Paul Rudd's Tommy Doyle. I don't want to forget Paul Rudd's Tommy Doyle. But here's the thing. They apparently want wanted to bring Paul Rudd back to play Tommy Doyle. I mean, I guess they could. Jamie Lee Curtis is still playing Laurie Strode. But we're ignoring the movie where Paul Rudd played Tommy Doyle. <laughs> but that's not to say that Tommy Doyle couldn't grow up to be Paul Rudd. Well, good news is Paul Rudd had to turn it down because he's filming Ghostbusters. Oh, right. I already forgot he was going to be in that. Plus, I mean, when he's not filming Ghostbusters, I'm sure he's going to be wrapped up in more Marvel, Marvel movies. Sooner oh, I'm later. sure. Um, but I forgot Tommy Doyle was in the first one. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I don't, I remember his name. I don't remember the girl that, wait, no, Lori was actually watching Tommy. Yeah. Or no, no, um, Annie was watching Tommy. Or was it the other? Fuck, I forget. It's been a while since I've seen the first Halloween. Um, anyway, so basically the gist of this story is Halloween two and three are coming out next year and the following year and Halloween will never go away. Yep. That's the TLDR. As long as Blumhouse exists. Neat. Fun stuff. So, speaking of franchises continuing in new iterations, and Marvel, and Marvel, at it's, San Diego, it's, it's, a, it's a theme, it's a, it's a, that's, it's, we've worked very hard on our segues, we're still not good at them, <laughs> uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, Marvel's Kevin Feig announced that they are making a new Blade. Yeah, a lot of people saw this coming, um. Because uh, they just recently reacquired the rights from New Line or Warner Brothers. Um, which is weird because Warner Brothers is DC. But they had, or, you know, New Line is a Warner Brothers company. And they had the rights to Blade. That is weird. Yeah. I mean, it's not mind-blowing, but just kind of funny when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, and Wesley Snipes recently had been, like, pushing for a new Blade. Mm-hmm. But turns out Wesley Snipes is not going to be in it. I mean, he might be in it, but he won't be Blade. Right. Your new Blade is, oh boy, Mahershala Ali, who is from Green Book and Moonlight and was also in the television shows True Detective and House of Cards. I've never seen any of those. Uh, so I'm not really familiar with this with this actor. Um, I have not. Yeah, I haven't seen them either. Um, but I mean, he got, he got an... Uh, an Oscar for Moonlight. So, I mean, he's got to at least be a halfway decent actor. <clears throat> I dig him for the role, though. He, he looks the part. I think he's got to put on about 15, 20 pounds, but... Yeah, he's a little thin. Yeah, I mean, you know, Wesley Snipes, he got bigger as the movies went on. Like, he wasn't huge in the first one, but he's a big guy. I mean, he's tall and he's broad. Um and the character, like the comic book character of Blade is pretty big. So he, he needs to put on some, some bulk. And I hope he at least has a rudimentary understanding of martial arts because that's pretty important in Blade's character. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, Wesley Snipes is a black belt. I don't remember in what. Oh, is he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So I mean, he, he didn't do a lot, of, a lot of his own stunts, but I know he did like a lot of the martial arts scenes were him. Yeah. Or that sounds contradictory. He, like the really hardcore stuff where he's doing like a lot of hits and falls and stuff. He he wasn't doing those, but just like the, the regular fight scenes, especially with a lot of face, um, like, you know, visible face shots. Uh, he is he is doing a lot of that. There's also a lot of really bad CGI of when he's like jumping from building to building and stuff. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> Anytime there's like full body CGI. It was like 99, 97, something like that. So. Yeah. Uh, but don't worry, Wesley Snipes is not upset. 
he's very okay with the whole thing. Man, people lo- like well not not everyone, but a lot of people lost their fucking minds when Blue- when uh, they announced that Snipes wasn't going to play him again. That's because that's the way people are. Yeah, we fear change. <laughs> but here's a little <clears throat> tip, or not tip, but some information. Wesley Snipes is only s- almost sixty fucking years old, so. <laughs> Uh, Snipes said, congratulations and salam to Mahershala Ali, a beautiful and talented artist whose expressions I look forward to experiencing for many years to come. Welcome to the Daywalker click. So he gave his stamp of approval. Yeah. I would like to see him kind of just do like a um, cameo. Yeah. They might. I don't know. He might be like a producer or something. I could see that. Yeah, but I'd like to see him on screen doing well, something. Sure. Yeah. Uh, this will be the first Blade movie. Since 2004's Blade Trinity, man, that was bad. Starring Parker Posey and Triple H, and Deadpool, yeah, but I, and I, Mary I, Camden. I wanted to focus on the terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, they weren't very good. <laughs> Nothing against, like I love Parker Posey. She's precious. She's America's sweetheart. <laughs> but she was very wrong for that role. <laughs> yeah, and um, fuck, I can't remember his name. The guy that played. It was basically Dracula, but it wasn't Dracula. He was in Prison Break, and he's on Legends of Tomorrow. Not Dominic, whatever. Yeah, him, Dominic something or other. <laughs> uh, Dominic something or other. You know him. Patton Oswalt was in that? It was. Dominic Purcell, that's his name. <laughs> and so was John Michael Higgins. <laughs> Is Dr. Edgar Van something? I don't know. Whatever. That movie was bad. It wasn't worth remembering. (laughs) But Triple H fucking pedigrees somebody in that movie. You you had to expect that. Get get the fuck out. It's like when The Rock was in Scorpion King and he rock bottomed someone. It was you had it coming. Yeah, I guess in those times when like wrestlers were first kind of, you know, Hulk Hogan aside and Jesse Ventura. Wrestlers were first really kind of branching out into acting. That was like the thing was, well, they got to do their signature move at some point. Mm-hmm. But no, it'd be nice to get the the taste of uh, Trinity out of our mouths. Yeah. Because it was like the first Blade was fucking awesome. And I really like the second. Arguably one. the second one's even better. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that was, that was a Del Toro film. And um you fucking cocksucker. Uh but and for for that for it to build up that way and then to do fucking Blade Trinity, it's like uh what, <laughs> what happened? Who directed Blade Trinity? I don't even know. Like a ham sandwich. <laughs> trying to think of someone who just makes like really corny movies. Like Kaufman. <laughs> No, Lloyd Coffin could probably do better. <laughs> as far as who's going to direct this one, we don't know yet, but we do know it won't be Jordan Peele. Right. Because he said so many of these projects, it's a childhood dream to be able to essentially see what you saw in your imagination as a child, watching or reading whatever you were doing with that stuff. It's a filmmaker's dream. But you know, I feel like I only have so much time. I have a lot of stories to tell and it just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right. I'm a comic book and graphic novel appreciator, but I can't call myself a true fanboy. I don't think he's right for it anyway. I don't either. 
Like um, his movies aren't like action movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, not saying he couldn't do it, but from what we've seen from him so far, it wouldn't fit. Right. Um, you know who I think would do a really good job is F. Gary Gray, the guy that directed uh, Straight Outta Compton. Mm. Um, he did. Uh, he he did the new Men in Black. Um, I think he did uh, like the Italian Job back in early two thousands with uh, Marky Mark. Um, so I mean, he has he's he has um, uh, fucking uh, action movie chops, and you know, having done Straight Outta Compton and. He did something else that was point is he, he has, you know, he, he, he's, he's a black director and he can really incorporate, um, uh, black culture into the character, which I think was, meh, I mean, not noticeably missing from the first one, but I feel like it wasn't really part of the character and I think it should have been. <laughs> and you know, another thing I hope they do. Because they didn't do this in the in the originals, obviously. Was it Blade is British? Is he really? Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, the original series takes place. Well, I mean, not entirely, but yeah, it takes place in like London. Well, yeah. If he's English, then it's got to be London. <laughs> London. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I don't know if uh, Ali can do a passable British accent, but I think that would be nice if they did that. Yeah. I mean, they did it right. Like, DC did it right with Matt Ryan when they actually made Constantine British. (laughs) And they should do that with Blade because he's fucking British. He's 45. What? Whatever. Not exactly. It's young buck, but. That's fine. But. You know, the big thing about this is going to be Marvel's... Well, not not Marvel's first horror movie because coming out before that is going to be Doctor Strange... Uh, or the second Doctor Strange movie, which is actually being rumored as being like a full-on horror film. And New Mutants is out there somewhere. <laughs> That's probably never going to happen. <laughs> Especially because now, now that the whole Fox thing is done, the last <laughs> X-Men movie came out, that whole thing's resetting. I don't think new movement. I don't think new mutants is ever going to see the light of day. I don't know. But anyway, I'm I am anxious to see Marvel go in a horror direction um, because you know the Marvel comics has a very prominent um, uh, horror you know world like like as far as characters that are very uh, horror centric. So when you start. Moving Doctor Strange into the horror world, and then later on you have Blade. Um, I think that can create a, a new direction for Marvel that I think maybe a lot of the older audience is looking for. So, anyway. could be cool. Could be cool. <laughs> so keep an eye out for that. We'll give you more information when we hear it. Maybe. Or not. We don't owe you anything. (laughs) 
These uh, terrible impressions are brought to you by the news that Sylvester Stallone is going to be producing a monster movie. It's going to be titled Arcane. It's coming at you from Balboa Productions, which is obviously a production company run by Sylvester Stallone and Braden Aftergood. Um, and they hope to make it in, make it into the Blumhouse of action films. That's where they just make a lot of really cheap, shitty action movies? Yeah, why... Why is Blumhouse being used as like the, the, uh, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> the uh, like the the, the, the tent pole? Thank you. Why why are other production the measuring com- stick? Yeah, why are other production companies trying to compare themselves to Blumhouse? Sure, they make a lot of money, but at what cost? <laughs> it's like they've brought the general. Uh, class of films down so far yeah i mean i'm anybody who's listened to this show regularly you've heard our our blumhouse rant but basically they make easily digestible popcorn horror films for no money so that they can make enough money so that maybe they can put out a good movie every four or five years right and you know i as a well i'm not a businessman but my business man side can appreciate that i can appreciate taking saps for their money by putting out like dog shit um basically being a snake oil vendor um and then you know once in a while actually putting out something good i can appreciate that but as a horror fan i think it's bullshit um yeah uh did did you ever watch Gigi's movie no i need to it was solid, um, and you know, it was it was very clear that 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 the creative direction was hers. So it makes me wonder if I haven't watched any other Into the Dark movies. Um, so it makes me wonder if those directors are actually able to direct their own films. <laughs> That's the thing I will I will give Blumhouse credit for is that they do tend to let the directors have their own voice and have their own style. Yeah, and they they tend to be pretty hands off. Right. The problem is that so often they're bad directors. Well, yeah. It's like, hey, I directed a music video once. Yep. Um, anyway. So, all right, we're talking about a story here. Uh, we were talking about something that has nothing to do with Blumhouse. It was only not even tangentially related to, no. to Blumhouse. Um, Balboa Productions' inaugural slate has five feature films. In advanced development, I don't know what that means. Um, these include the movie, uh, the monster movie Arcane, which is from coming uh, or is going to be directed by Corin Hardy, uh, who directed The Hollow and The Nun. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know that movie is polarizing. I've discovered over time. People, some people say that it is absolute dog shit. And some people say it's the best Conjuring film ever. Uh, I don't believe those second people. I mean, to me, that's like like measuring piles of shit. I mean... <laughs> Mine's the biggest pile of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it, it's, it, to me, that's kind of irrelevant. But 
here's here's like what I can tell you. Um, I, I hope he doesn't care that I'm saying this, but uh, Wisdom, who we had on the show before, yeah, is a Conjuring fan. Is he? Yeah, that's, that's a shame. <laughs> that's why he hasn't been back. <laughs> <laughs> but he hated the nun. Really hated it. So there's that. <laughs> It's really all I got to contribute. <laughs> Someone else's opinion. Uh, yeah. I don't plan to ever watch The Nun. Uh, and just, you know, for you grave diggers out there, uh, if you ever plan to nominate that, I will veto it in half a second. <laughs> that movie will never see the light of day on this show. Don't try me, boy. Are you going to say anything more about S- Sylvester Stallone's monster movie? Why don't... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Stallone said, uh, he takes situations. Hey, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, you take situations, you know. He takes situations like the trope of the loner, the stranger in town, you know. And you he, watch, says, he says, you know, a lot. <laughs> and you watch him cope with the forces that'll be. To me, that's very intriguing. You know. <laughs> that plays out in the genesis of the Western and all the way out to the horror genre. Hey, hey, yo, hey, hey, hey. Yo. Hey. Yo, Adrian. Hey. I had to say it. Ah, oh, you, you went there. <laughs> it's not a Stallone impression unless you say "Yo, Adrian." <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, so uh, this just, is chatted him in like every interview he's ever done. He's like, "Well, you know, Adrian, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> my name is Stephen." <laughs> well, the thing, Adrian, is uh, oh yeah, yeah you, you know, know, you know. Um, chasing chickens. What am I doing here? <laughs> uh, this is kind of out of left field. I never really took so Stallone to be a, a horror guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, I don't think he's ever, that I can think of. I don't think he's ever even been anything mildly horror related. It's all either been action or drama. I mean, I wonder how horror this is going to be though. Cause they said they want to be, you know, the Blumhouse of action movies. It's so. a monster movie. I mean, yeah, but like tonally and stuff, how horror is it going to be? Oh, yeah. Is it, is it just going to be like, is it going to be a, a monster movie in the way that like Rampage was a monster movie? Yeah. Like that I, was an action movie first and foremost. Yeah. I, I, I can definitely see that. And you know what? If they cast the rock, then I'm fucking all for it. <laughs> Dude, I seriously love that guy. I know you do. He's, he's awesome. <laughs> I've I've followed him on Instagram and just when he's not selling shit and you just post heart eyes on every single post. <laughs> um, when he's not just doing posts that are like clearly just trying to hawk shit from Under Armour, um, he's, he's a cool guy. <laughs> I like him, especially now that I've gotten into like working out. It's like I, I appreciate him more in that aspect. I'm never gonna look like that. I don't. I don't want to, but. Uh, yeah, he's a cool guy. Cool, cool guy. <laughs> All right, he's definitely on my like top five celebrity list crush celebrity. list. No, like your your free pass. <laughs> uh, no, like it was definitely like my top five celebrities. You're like Alexander Daddario, Zoe Deschanel, The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? What was that last one? <laughs> Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll see what he can do. I mean, 
I don't, there's no in, in implication that he's going to be acting in this, just that he's producing it. Yeah, or directing or really you know, involved in any way other yeah. than just writing a check. But we'll see. I mean, they've clearly got a director on board already. So it's, and since they've got five films in advanced development, I don't really know what that means, but presumably they're not just ideas at this point. So Yeah, and I mean, Corn Hardy, you know, he's made his bones in horror. So I guess that mm-hmm. does lend itself to, to make you believe that it will be at least somewhat horror related. Yeah, he made The Hollow, The Nun. He almost made The Crow for like 20 years. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that shit. <laughs> anyway. All right, so that's going to wrap things up for Horror Business. We only have uh, four stories for you today, which I'm sure you're not going to complain about. Yeah, we've been talking a long time, though. We have been talking a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Probably couldn't stand to listen to another story. Surprise! (laughs) (laughs) This Uh, just in. All right, guys. From here, why don't we launch into our film reviews? All right, guys, so um, this episode, I guess we didn't really go into it much earlier, but um, this episode was brought to us by the Patreon, or our pa- patrons, Gravediggers. <laughs> um, I hate when people say our Patreons. No, Patreon is not the noun. That's the company. Yeah. The organization that provides the the, the setup, the fucking setup. <laughs> Um, the ones that take their 3% or whatever the fuck. Right. <laughs> uh, no, our patrons, our patrons, who we lovingly refer to as our grave diggers, picked the movies that we watched this episode. Um, and uh, I don't think, did we announce which ones we were actually watching? We did on Patreon, but not to the general public. No. Okay. Well, this episode, um, we picked, uh, actually, like you, I don't know who picked the movies. Do you, off the top of your head? Um, well, we're, we're doing Ernest Scared Stupid, chosen by Kevin Trent, and Saturday the 14th, chosen by our friend Carlos Muertos. Got it. Um, we should have vetoed Ernest Scared Stupid. Because it's not horror? Well, no, because that would, could have been a potential Halloween episode movie. Oh. Yeah. But no, it wouldn't have been. <laughs> we never would have done that. No? I don't. I wouldn't have wanted to. Oh, okay. All right, then. <laughs> Never mind. Um, anyway, uh, Taylor, which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with Carlos's pick, Saturday the 14th. It gets bad on Friday the 13th, but it gets worse on Saturday the 14th. The Book of Evil! Evil? Evil. Richard Benjamin, Paula Prentice. We've inherited a house with a curse. Oh, come on, Mary. You know you don't believe in curses. Well, somebody did the dishes, and we're the only ones in this house. An innocent family driven absolutely batty. Just when you thought it was safe to look at the calendar again comes Saturday the 14th. The year's number one horror comedy spoof. God, look at all these owls. My name is John Hyatt, and I've got bats in my belfry. You know how many? We charge by the bat. 
pulled it right there, Mac. No, no, darling, keep it away. No, thank you very much. I'd like to take a look at her neck. Well, if you don't trust me after 311 years of marriage... When I leave this house, there'll be nothing left here to be afraid of. Every shroud has a silver lining. So if you see every other chiller this year, you'll need Saturday the 14th. Well, this must be a charming wife. <coughs> Famine. War. Major pest control. Dead! It's your chance to laugh at everything that ever scared you. Come on, Billy. Quit fooling around. Give me a kiss, darling. Oh, let me just see who that is. I'll be back for that kiss. Be sure to see it before sunrise. Saturday the 14th. So, Saturday the 14th. Obviously a play on Friday the 13th. Um, kind of an uninspired one. Yeah. And it's, you know, you might think, oh, this was probably a slasher parody. Nope. Not even close. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, this is written and directed by Howard R. Cohen, produced by Julie Corman, who is the wife of Roger Corman. Also produced such uh, hot titles as, uh, let's see, uh, well, Chopping Mall, for one. Well, there's that. Brain Dead. Mm-hmm. And more recently, Dino Shark and Sharktopus. Oh, I see we got a Silence of the Hams in there somewhere. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Good, good. There's, wait a minute, what the fuck? <laughs> there's White Wolves, colon, A Cry in the Wild 2. And then there's White Wolves 2, colon, Legend of the Wild. I'm so confused. Yeah, me too. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah. Whatever. Um, this is a comedy. It's a parody. It's only a comedy by definition. Yeah, it's it's a comedy in name. <laughs> uh, this quote unquote all American family uh, inherits their deceased uncle's house. This family is about as generic as you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my headphones. Oh. There we go. You've got the dad, John, played by Richard Benjamin, who is just a fucking ham. Yeah. And at times it's like, was this a creative choice or is he just not a good actor? Yeah. <laughs> He's always just got this shit-eating grin on his face, mm-hmm. like all the time. Uh, his wife, Mary, their children, Debbie and Billy. Debbie. And- Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Billy. And their dog, Rover. Because All-American. Yeah. <laughs> um, he could have also alternatively been called Spot. Yeah, or like Rex. <laughs> um, like I said, they, they inherited this house as their uncle's house. But at the same time, this couple of vampires named Waldemar and Yolanda 
Voldemort is played by Jeffrey Tambor. Fucking George Bluth. Um, they are desperate to get into this house. I, I that's really confusing, at least for me. Why? It's like so at the beginning of the of the movie, uh, it was Waldemar and Yolanda? What, Yolanda. By the way, this movie's from 1981. Just putting that out there, both so you have a reference point for the timeline of it as well as so you know that we're going to spoil the shit out of it also jeffrey tambor apparently never had hair (laughs) um i lost my train of thought what was i talking about the beginning of the movie waldemar and yolanda oh yeah so they're at this house with a real estate agent and you know they're talking about buying the house and then across town somewhere the what are their names? Hyatt's. Hyatt's. Okay. Um, they're at a will reading where John gets the house from his, his dead uncle. And so, presumably same day, <laughs> because when they show up there, uh, Waldemar <clears throat> and Yolanda are still there with the real estate agent. Uh, they show up at the house ready to move in. There's a little bit of a continuity error there. Yeah. Um and uh, yeah, it's like so they so they legally own this house because it was willed to them. So why are Waldemar and Yolanda trying to buy the house? I, I don't it's, understand. It seemed like the real estate agent was trying to convince them to sell because at the remember she goes back that night and she's like, oh, they've been here in a, a whole day. I bet they're ready to sell. But why was she trying to sell it in the first place? It wasn't at any point for sale. I, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. It's because there isn't one. And like, you know, Waldemar and Yolanda are like, we must get inside this house. They're like talking to each other, you know, saying we must get inside. I got the impression that, you know, since they're vampires, they have to be invited inside. But later in the movie, they just walk right in the front door. Right. They're on the daylight too. Yeah. It's, it's, there's uh, not a whole lot of continuity to vampire lore going on in this one. It's funny because Waldemar is dressed like this generic Count Dracula. Yeah. I mean, he's got like this. He looks like superhero Bob Newby dressed as Dracula. (laughs) Miss you, Bob. One love. Uh, I mean, he's he's got like the tuxedo. He's got the red sash and the the medallion. The cape. The cape. With the high collar. And then he's got, he looks like a fucking schlub with that bald head. (laughs) And then, uh, then Yolanda, she's just like, it's not like a cat suit, but she's wearing like all leather. Just, I don't know. I didn't understand. I wasn't even sure they were vampires at first. I thought they were just like creeps that like looked like vampires yeah. for no particular reason. Yeah, because when they're looking at the house, they're in broad daylight. Like that's the first time you see them. They're in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, apparently there's this book that they're trying to get. It's the Book of Evil. No brain cells lost on that one. Right. But it's it's in this house somewhere, and they need to get it because whoever controls the book controls the world or something. No, no, no. See, first you get the drugs. Then, then you, you get, get the money. money then, then you, you get, get the, the women, women. And then, then you, you get, get the power. power. Wait, where's the book? No book. You don't need the book. Forget the book. <laughs> Wanting to be book is not book. <laughs> Um, there is no book, only Zool. 
But so little Billy, he finds the book and he just starts reading all these incantations and whatever curses and just doing all the stuff you shouldn't do when you find an evil book. Yeah. And so he brings these monsters to life. The first monster you see, it looks like a combination of Sasquatch and Mac and me. (laughs) (laughs) And that monster from all real monsters that would hold his eyeballs above his head. Yeah. Just some weird thing with like big, like these big bulbous eyes on top of like these eye stalks, like a fucking slug. Yeah. And and all these monsters are pretty like, I think there's a mummy, right? Yeah, le- yeah. Later on, there's a mummy, but most of them are just like generic monsters. Oh, and there's like a black lagoon-looking creature. Yeah. Um. But most of them, yeah, they just look like Monsters Inc. style monsters. Mm-hmm. Somebody was just like, "Oh yeah, my kid drew this. Can you make it a monster?" <laughs> yeah. All right. Whatever. Like I'm giving you a hundred dollars to make this film. Hundred dollars. <laughs> Don't forget that. Uh. But, you know, John, he just chalks up the, the whole thing to Billy having nightmares. It's made $4 million at the box office. It's made the same amount as Black Christmas. Jesus Christ. Black Christmas developed the cult following. This one never really got, though. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, John just says, oh, Billy, you're just having nightmares. Don't worry about it. You're just a stupid kid. <laughs> you're just an idiot. Shut up. This whole time, this monster is like hiding behind John, just like peeking out. Yeah, it's not like he's like hiding in a closet. He's literally standing right behind yeah. him. He could probably feel like his body heat on him. Um, so strange things start happening in the house. The TV will only show the Twilight Zone. Like sh- Stranger Things? No, you say? no, I didn't say that. Like my shirt. <laughs> Look at the shirt. I, I have seen it. I can't miss it. Ah. Look at my shirt. <laughs> looks like pink lemonade. With, looks like a pink lemonade mojito. I think if you squint your eyes, it looks like uh, flamingos. No. Whatever. <laughs> you don't know anything. <laughs> so weird stuff starts happening around the house. Weird, wild stuff. Uh, like I said, the TV only shows the, the Twilight Zone. Because that's apparently the creepiest thing you can do. Are they stuck on the sci-fi channel? <laughs> oh, got him. They only have CBS All Access. <laughs> uh, John, these eyeballs appear in his coffee at one point. And like this stuff happens and they're very like dismissive of it. Mm-hmm. Like eyeballs show up in his motherfucking coffee. And he's just like, I don't want this. <laughs> he puts like a piece of paper over it. And he's like, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> um. And Mary, at some point, gets bitten by, uh, what's his name? Waldemar? Waldemar, yeah. So she's like slowly turning into a vampire. They find dirt in her bed. And she's like, no, leave it. Because mm-hmm. vampires be sleeping in dirt. Yeah. I did like, uh, at one point, um, Yolanda says something about like, oh, this is just like that Harker woman. Who beefed? Probably a dog. Fuck. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But she says something about like this Harker woman. Right. This is Dracula. Mina. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I explained it to you. Right. <laughs> Not like I haven't read Dracula like six times. <laughs> uh, and then like these, there's lots of bats appear in the belfry or attic, whatever. <laughs> See what we did. 
they keep thinking they're owls. Like, who the fuck thinks a bat is an owl? I have no idea. They don't look anything alike. No, but they they attack um, Mary and just like beat her about the head and shoulders. <laughs> and uh, so they call these exterminators. And the guy on the exterminator line is like, oh, don't worry. I got the perfect guy. I'm going to send him right your way. And then he hangs up. He's like, Van Helsing. Oh, God. And this uh, this guy who kind of looks like Guillermo del Toro, but his name is actually um, Severn Darden. Okay. <laughs> he looked familiar. I feel like I've seen him in something before. Have, have you seen Severn Darden in anything? Not, that's his name. Not that I know off the top of my head, no. But so Van Helsing shows up. He starts being all creepy. He's like, you know, I'm going to take care of this. But at the same time, Mary wants to throw a party. And she wants to throw the party on Saturday, Saturday the 14th. 14th yeah. And there it is. That's that's the point. <laughs> uh, oh, back to school. That's what he was in. Ah. So Debbie, she gets attacked in the bathtub by this. And real genius. That movie's fucking dope. <laughs> she gets attacked in the bathtub by this. Creature from the Black Lagoon looking guy who does like a whole shark thing. He's like, duh, duh. Yep. She gets she gets naked. Yeah, but you don't see anything. No, you see like her like some side boob. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And then when she gets in the tub and she gets scared by this thing, she jumps out and she's covered with bubbles, but you can see like under the bubbles she's wearing like a bikini top. Yeah. It's like, what was the point of that? Uh, so they have this party. And during the party, Yolanda and uh, Waldemar just walk right in. That's how it works. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention, Billy disappeared. And they walk in with Billy. And Billy, oh, I also forgot to mention, Billy realizes if he hits the monsters with the book, it kills them. You know, naturally, that's how things work in the world. Yeah. The book that summoned them can also kill them, but not by reading an incantation or anything, just hitting them with it. Something's funky about that water. Anyway. But so they're throwing this party. Waldemar and Yolanda come in with Billy, and Billy drops the bomb. Big reveal. Van Helsing is evil. He's the one that he summoned all these monsters and he's trying to get the book so he can take over the world. Right. So Van Helsing and Waldemar proceed to make farm noises at each other. This was... I almost turned it off. This was painful. I I was seriously seconds away from turning this off. I don't even care how the movie ends because this is so stupid. Legitimately, they're sitting there just making faces, and there's like train sound effects and barnyard sound effects for whatever reason. I have no fucking idea. Jackhammer at one point. Yeah. And they're just like making weird faces at each other. It looks like they're trying to shit at each other. And then finally, they start shooting lasers out of their eyes at each other, which I didn't know Van Helsing could do that. Or vampires could do that, for that matter. Van Helsing is apparently a Sith because he started making lightning from his hands. Yeah. Meanwhile, Billy is hovering behind them, holding the book. Yeah. Is, he, is he a vampire? I, I don't fucking know. He's wearing a 
like he was dressed he, like one. Yeah, when he comes in with Voldemar or Voldemar and um, Yolanda, and Yolanda, he's wearing a cape. Yeah, he's dressed basically like Voldemar. Yeah, except he's still wearing his like his t-shirt and jeans though. Yeah. <laughs> but then, so he comes down. And he's like, you know, if the book can kill the monsters, it can kill you. And then he hits him with the book, and Van Helsing explodes. Not right away. No, not right he, like, away. He grabs the book. He's like, ha, I've, I've beaten you. Now I'm going to take over the world. And then he just fizzles out like a fart. Yeah. <laughs> and then the monsters just kind of disappear, I guess. Don't really show Party's over, them. guys. Yeah. And then as they, they kind of like pan out of the Hyatt's standing in the front door and there's a voiceover. Of Yolanda and Waldemar saying it's you know it's time they finally found happiness and all of a sudden they're in this big old mansion the one across the street oh was it yeah I remember that in the beginning of the movie when they first get to the house and uh, what's her name uh, Mary was looking at, at this big house this big white house with a red door she's like oh it's, you know it's all you know well manicured uh, greenery and stuff it's just this beautiful large house. It's like, oh my God, John, it's beautiful. And then he's like, no, 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 this house. It turns around. It's just this fucking decrepit old shit house. Yeah. I remember that scene. I didn't realize it was that house, though. Yeah. But yeah. Then Yolanda's like, and us too. And he's like, yes, my darling, or whatever. And apparently they're insinuating that they're taking over the house, but they don't show that. <laughs> whatever. And then roll credits. Yeah. This movie's stupid. It's really really bad <laughs> like it's not funny bad it's like i don't ever want to watch this again bad yeah um i mean it's not particularly funny which you know if a parody you at least wanted to be that yeah it's not scary there's no good like effects or graphics or acting <laughs> acting is terrible yeah like even Tambor wasn't very good. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I don't know if it was a directorial thing where they were just like, you got to be over the fucking top. Just be super big and obnoxious. Yeah. Because that's the way everyone was. Mm-hmm. Except really for um, Debbie. She was the only one that was like somewhat leveled. Yeah. Except she had like... Like when the uh, the sea creature thing scared her in the bathtub, she like hopped out and started running out and ran down the stairs. She was letting out this screech. And it wasn't like a, a horror movie scream. It was this fucking blood curdling, like like make your fucking eardrums pop screech. And like you didn't grow up with, with a sister, but I did. And I remember that fucking scream and it fucking drove me up a wall <laughs> um and yeah so that was not horror movie appropriate because all it did was agitate me i so don't know that. who this movie is for <sighs> who is the target audience because it doesn't feel like it's a kid's movie not particularly especially because there's I don't know. Would you even consider it partial nudity? No. Well, I wouldn't. Sexual themes. Yeah, perhaps. I mean it's rated PG. PG didn't really mean much back then, though. Yeah, I like, mean 
Jaws was PG. Yeah. And fucking Weird Science was PG or PG-13, and it had actual legit nudity in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I don't know who this is for, because it doesn't feel like it's a kid's movie. It doesn't feel like it's for horror fans. So I don't know who the target audience was. I have to assume this was just some stupid throwaway date night movie. It didn't really have a target audience, per se. It's You're just, not getting laid if you take a date to this. Well, I don't know. The 80s, it was a different time. I mean, I guess unless she gives you a hand job because she's bored. It's an old-fashioned. <laughs> it's like, come on, this movie sucks. You're not doing anything else. Maybe that's it. It's a, it's a hand job movie. <laughs> Which is a new phrase invented here on the Great Plot Podcast. <laughs> Copyright. Patent pending. <laughs> Patent on handjob. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I I had heard of this movie before. I never watched it, and I was expecting more from it. Not a lot, because I'd heard of it before. I'd heard people talking about it. I knew it had some legacy of one sort or another. I kind of was expecting better. Yeah, like I thought it would be like a very kind of like National Lampoony kind of movie. Yeah. Like like a Dracula Dead and Loving It or something along those lines. You said Poony. <laughs> Poon. <laughs> I thought it would be something along, a, you know, a Dracula Dead and Loving It or... Um, God, was, didn't they do a different, another, like a monster Frankenstein one? I don't know. But something along those lines that was more like a direct parody yeah. Where it's just, this is just a bunch of goofy shit that doesn't, it's not even really a story. Mm. Yeah. And if you like pull this up on like, uh, like Google or IMDb, it's like, it'll say, you know, related titles, it'd like bring up like Monster Squad. It's like, oh, baby, no. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's really all I got. I got nothing left. Yeah. That's, uh, that's going to do it for me too, I think. Um, that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the deal is, but this was not a good thing. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say a three, I guess. That seems generous. Really? Like, what are you giving up points for? I don't really know. Three sounded right in my head, I guess. I mean, like I said, like, you even, you think of someone like Jeffrey Tambor, who has been acting forever. I mean, obviously this was, you know, almost 40 years ago, but he, even he is just like so over the top and schlocky in this that it's like, where is the redemption here? <laughs> It's 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 super silly and ridiculous, and I'm gonna give it a two. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about it. I really I can't think of anything good. <laughs> I can't really. I award you no points, <laughs> and may God have mercy on your soul. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say one. This is not good. <laughs> I don't think I've given a one to a lot of movies. No, not really. Very poorly made. Yeah, this is. I, I don't know what you're doing, Carlos. <laughs> or if, if you fucking with us, <laughs> or what? 
all right well that's enough of that fucking chatter um the other movie picked by kevin trent uh was Ernest scared stupid from touchstone pictures monstrous trolls have sprung to life your from and now Ernest p warrell is springing into action he'll try anything i know tai gung fu and everything your shoes untied to save the day it's showtime yeah. it's Ernest p warrell in a brand new movie Ernest scared stupid how about a bumper sandwich booger lips you know what i mean Starts Friday, October 11th at a theater near you. All right, Ernest Scared Stupid from 1991. Uh, was obviously uh, one of the misadventures of Ernest P. Worrell. I will say I was an Ernest fan growing up. Oh, yeah, me too. Dude, I watched I watched Ernest Goes to Camp more times than I can remember. I feel like the, the my top three would be this. Not, not in any particular order, but this. Uh, saves Christmas. And goes to jail. I, I watched Ernest Goes to Camp and uh, Ernest Goes to Jail like so many times. Let's uh, let's forget that Goes to Africa happened, though. I don't even remember that one. I don't know. I doubt I ever saw it. Oh, it it, it definitely has blackface. Oh, dear. Oh, oh Ernest, no. <laughs> uh, Ernest, of course, is a classic character played by Jim Varney. R.I.P. One Love. One Love. The voice of the springy wiener dog in the first movie. Yep. <laughs> um, it's funny how Ernest came to be because he started out as like a a, a local character. I forget exactly where. Um, know what I mean, Vern? But he started doing commercials, like like regional commercials. Um, Nashville. Yeah, Ernest was created by the Nashville advertising agency Carden and Cherry and was used in various local television ad campaigns. Okay, so it wasn't one specific uh, uh, campaign or, or, or brand. product or yeah, yeah. brand. Um, yeah, so he did these commercials uh, regionally in, in Nashville, I guess. His first appearance was in a... Uh, commercial advertising the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders appearance at Beach Bend Park, an amusement park near Bowling Green, Kentucky. All right. I, I, the first time I can re- remember him when I was a kid, he was, uh, so, uh, like he was doing an ad for, I think it was like a home improvement store. I don't remember which one, and it's probably one that doesn't even exist anymore. But that's the first thing I remember. Um. Oh, yeah, and Cerritos Auto Square. Shit, I remember that. Fuck. I forgot about that. Yeah, there was this car dealership. Uh, actually, it was like a massive dealership, like, you know, several different car brands and stuff down in Cerritos when I was growing up. And, um, and uh, yeah, he did commercials for them. I totally forgot about that. Anyway, but... Um, you know, as things progress, you know, he became more popular um, and eventually got his own TV show. And then that led into doing movies. I don't even know how many he did, but presumably more than one <laughs> because we have seen more than one. Anyway, this one 
was uh, takes place on Halloween. Uh, it's the fifth film in the in the franchise, I guess, uh, and uh, takes place in uh, Missouri. Starts out in Missouri, Missouri, and takes place. Or see, it starts out in says years ago, but according to Wikipedia, it was the late nineteenth century. Century. Um, and uh, you see these uh, villagers or you know townspeople chasing down or chasing down some kind of creature that's chasing a little girl. They, you know, it's, it's POV. So you don't really know what's going on, but they throw a net and a sack over it and carry it off into this, this hole that's been dug um, where, let's see, what was his name? Uh, shit. Who? The the judge or whatever it was, Phineas Worrell. Finny, uh, yeah, Phineas Worrell, um, who uh, is standing there, holding like this oak tree sapling, saying, "You know, we'll we'll bury him in this hole and bury him underneath the strength of this oak tree, where he'll remain for the rest of his days or something." Paraphrasing here, and the troll, well, it's a troll. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> whatever. Uh, from inside the sack is basically cursing uh, Phineas's lineage, saying that uh, one day one of your fam- or one of your descendants will unleash me and blah 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 blah. So they start burying him, and then we jump forward to present day, which at the time was 1991, um, where Ernest P. Worrell, a descendant of Phineas. Uh, is a sanitation worker, a garbage man, and whatever else. Yeah. Um, and like in so many of the Ernest movies, which didn't seem weird until now, uh, he's hanging out with kids. Yeah, like middle schoolers. If that. Um, this is middle schoolers. Are they? They seemed young. Um, especially because they were dressing up in costumes and trick-or-treating. Well, they guess weren't trick-or-treating. They are going to some pageant or whatever. Uh, anyway, so these kids, um, they kind of threw a, a, a verbal report that one of the, the, the girls giving. She says that um, Phineas's family was cursed, that each descendant would become dumber and dumber and dumber. To the point where we land on Ernest, who is historically kind of a dumbass. But we see him, like, engineering this mop contraption. (laughs) It's like, I don't know what it was or what its purpose was. But, like, there's no way I could have rigged that up. I'm a smart guy. I don't know what the hell is going on. Like, But he rigged up these, like, a dozen mops and mop buckets and... Uh, like soap dispensers and shit to this fucking apparatus that was operated with a re- uh, remote control. I have no idea how he did that. <laughs> so he's clearly not that dumb. Is he like an idiot savant? He must be because later on he helps them build like a fucking badass treehouse. That's true. He's not a he's not a, a dumb guy. He's just not smart in the in the. He ain't book smart. <laughs> In, in the typical sense. Um, but yeah, they're, they're the kids, uh, who are they? Kenny, Elizabeth, and Joey. Thank you. Um, they uh, 
See, so they build this ha- uh, tree house to uh, have kind of like a, a sanctuary from these two bullies who are also the sons of the mayor, um, who's a complete asshole. Um, and Kenny is also the sheriff's son. Um, so there's some kind of deep-seated roots within the town um, in, in our main characters. And so they build this tree house. Ernest, Ernest helps them uh, to kind of defend themselves against these bullies who are just... They're just bullies for no real reason. It's like, yeah. did you ever get picked on when you were a kid by anyone in particular? No, not really. Really? I did a couple times. Um, and there was always kind of, not in a good reason, but there was always like a reason for it. Like they always had some kind of purpose, uh, at least in their own heads. This is just like nothing. Like It's like, oh, we're going to pick on you because why not? Yeah. I don't know that that's how it works. Usually, kids pick up pick on a kid because you know they're they have something funny looking about them, or they have a speech impediment, or something. There's a, something that you know bullies will pick something out to tease you about. It's not just like, "Yep, that one." Yeah, exactly. Like I always got picked on because I was uh, heavy, or not always, but when I did get picked on, that was usually what it was about. Yeah. Um. And, uh, but it's funny because like the three main characters are these normal looking, you know, generic white kids. Yeah. And the two just nerds or something. Yeah. And one of these bullies is some fucking pear shaped fat kid. (laughs) So it's like, who's, who's really going to be the bully in this situation? Yeah. Of course, maybe the paradigm kind of shifted at some point in time because like the kids that were picking on me were the kids like that were uh like the main characters like the popular kids with the blonde hair and blue eyes you know that kind of shit yeah um but uh anyway so don't be a bully be a star uh unknowingly they built this tree house on on uh the land of um old lady hackmore old lady hackmore who's just this creepy old lady that I don't know if it's like presumed she's supposed to be like some kind of witch or just just a just a creepy hermit, uh, played by Eartha Kitt, who's you might know as Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also a singer, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, she comes storming in. She's like, you know, you you can't be here. Blah 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 blah. And. Uh, she tells Ernest the, the kind of the history of this troll in the town and his his family history, and basically says or tells him how the troll could be released. And he goes back to the treehouse and tells the kids, "It's like, oh well, you know, yeah, there's a troll in here, presumably, but you know, we only it'd only be released if a, a world did something on this night." Uh, like exactly like this and just kind of acting it out as he does it. And so, of course. He just did it. Yeah, he released the troll. And this troll is fucking gross. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to... It's not like a like a, a little person. It's just a short person. Like this... I don't, I don't know how tall Jim Barney was, but this person couldn't have been more than like five, five, if that. It's a tiny little person. Yeah. But 
had like this big, huge animatronic head on that was just covered in goo and had two noses, both of which were snotty, like a, like a little kid. Oh, so he wasn't, he wasn't short by any means. Jim Barney, I mean. Um, this troll is just so slimy and icky. Yeah, he's got like a big nose. Two big noses. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, yeah, and just like this green snot coming out of both of them. Anyway, so the whole thing was like the troll has to collect the souls of 12 children. Uh, that's, yes. Basically, he, uh, just touches them and... Turns them into wooden dolls. Yeah. And apparently that collects their souls. Um, he has to do it all in one night. Is that right? No, I don't think so. Because doesn't the movie take place over a couple days? Does it? Maybe he has to do them, get them all by a certain night. I don't know. Whatever. Um, so the person or this troll is just going through town collecting up all these kids. And of course, the first one that's made aware of this is, um, Ernest and then, you know, the kids. And of course, you know, who's going to believe a far-fetched story such as a troll being released, um, and running rampant through the town. So the, the mayor doesn't listen to him. The sheriff doesn't listen to him. Even when, when his own son tells him that there's a troll on the loose, he still doesn't listen. Um, and uh, anyway, so he just kind of wreaks havoc throughout town. And Ernest and the kids are trying to fight him off. And it comes down to a point where you find out the, the trolls are, or the troll is trying to breed his species or you know, more trolls. And they're growing like these fruits from this oak tree. Um, and Brussels sprouts, right? Yeah, Ernest thinks they're Brussels sprouts. Uh, and he, let's see. So he eventually, the troll eventually collects all the children. Um, and and Rimshot, and Rimshot, yeah, well, he has his little his little dog, his little Jack Russell. That dog is awesome. Especially when he was dressed as a Boy Scout. It was hilarious. <laughs> Look at that dog. He thinks he's people. Um, anyway, so it comes down to like the conclusion where um, this or he the troll invades this pageant and starts you know snatching up kids. Um, and it's at that point we find out that the troll is deathly allergic uh, or, or repelled by milk. Um, Miak, Miak. Um, yeah, like um, what's I forgot her name already. Hack Hackmore. Hackman. Oh, Hackmore. Hackman. Gene Hackman. Um, his his special appearance. Uh, uh, old lady Hackmore has um this like old leather bound tome, uh, that kind of details the town's history and you know details about this troll and how to beat him. But for some reason, there's one letter missing from how to kill him. And it's like M-I-K. And uh, Ernest is like, oh, of course. Bulgarian Miak. <laughs> <laughs> and like he shows up at the pageant while the the whole uh, the um, troll is just wreaking havoc. And 
he pulls out this jar of miak, whatever the fuck miak is. <laughs> He's like, ah, you didn't know I'd find your uh, your um, your your one weakness. He's like, I've got, I've got this miak. The troll's like, yeah. miak. <laughs> but no, it's milk because Ernest is a moron. Um, and uh, <laughs> so stupid. Uh, then the kids get on board and they start loading up. Um, like they they storm this convenience store and get super soakers and other squirt guns and just load it up with all these dairy products and they just go on an all-out assault because all these trolls have the jar of me access from concentrate <laughs> plain flavor <laughs> what the hell is it <laughs> um yeah so these uh these these uh troll seeds for lack of a better word start falling from the tree like old like uh overripe fruit and they sink into the ground and they hatch these new trolls um so the kids get to the tree house where this is all taking place and start just loading up these or lighting up these um trolls with milk and uh yeah so they're just i mean it's just like this battle for the tree house basically or but the troll does, or troll goes down underneath the tree, I assume, and starts summoning all these evil demons. It's like, why didn't you do this in the first place? <laughs> like you would have been unstoppable. Just, just be super evil and summon demons right off the bat, and this would have been so much easier for you. Uh, but he, apparently, when you turn super evil, uh, it means you get like these little worm things growing out of your ears and horns and. You get big claws. And, and then you're not susceptible to milk anymore. Right. This would be a good tip for people that are lactose intolerant. If you want to drink milk, just find an evil tree summon summon demons. Yeah. <laughs> uh then so this thing that's been going on, like and I didn't even get it. It was like kind of a reach. There's like the unconditional love or like a, a mother's love, an unconditional love. This was like a recurring thing throughout like how throughout the movie on like how to beat it. And I guess that was they thought it was milk, but as this troll's coming for Ernest, it occurs to them that, you know, mother's love is just unconditional love. And so he gives the troll a hug. And spins Dances him around, with it, yeah, and it gives a gives him a big old kiss right in between his noses. Gets a nice little string, and then he does his earnest thing. Like, Ew! <laughs> uh, know what I mean? Know what I mean, Vern? Uh, and then he, yeah, and then the troll just vaporizes. Yeah, he just. Like, like there's like these blue swirls and he disappears and then there's like a little kind of squeaker fart sound. <laughs> and then, of course, all the kids go back to normal. They all come out of the tree, you know, kind of dazed, but otherwise fine. The rim shot's fine. Um, and then uh, everything goes back Happily to Happily ever after. So that's Ernest Scared Stupid. 
I don't understand why this is like a fan favorite because it's not the best one. Like, I feel like this gets recognized more often than like goes to jail or saves Christmas or um, goes to camp. I don't know. Cause, I mean, it's not the best one. It's definitely not even in my top three. Are you going to contribute? <laughs> I, I enjoy it. I don't know. Like I said, it's in my top three. Is it? Okay. Well, I guess you said that, didn't you? I did say that. Yeah, I mean, it's all right. It's, I mean, it, it's an earnest movie. Yeah, so I mean, is it stupid? Absolutely. Yeah. But that's kind of the point. And so, I don't, I don't think it's a bad movie in, you know, in the scope of earnest movies. Um, I, I guess I just don't understand why people like it so much. Like, people love this fucking movie, and I, I don't totally understand just because there are better ones. And so that's kind of my take on it. I've always enjoyed Halloween themed things more than other things. So it's if you just slap a coat of orange and black paint. Yep. Like it better. Just a fucking mark for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, there aren't a lot of Halloween movies, especially growing up. So, I mean, maybe you just kind of take what you can get, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I think a, a lot of these are. No. Um, and I think I think if you were to show one to a kid, you know, you know, maybe about as old as the kids that were in this movie, if you showed it to them now, they probably wouldn't think it was all that good. Probably not. I think I'll, I'll, the enjoyment of these movies comes from a lot of nostalgia. Yeah. But it's whatever. Um, yeah, it's 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 not bad and i think a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that i didn't really watch this one all that often um like i said the one i the one i always saw was uh ernest goes to camp because my parents rented it once and then i kept asking them to rent it again and again <laughs> um and then uh later on ernest goes to jail was like always on tv see i really liked uh goes to jail that was a good one. I think that might be one of the better ones, just like as a film. Yeah. Um, and fucking Ernest gets superpowers, so that's fucking dope. Yeah, he like shoots lightning out of his fucking fingers. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, honey, baby, no. Um... But yeah, but no, I mean, Ernest Goes to Camp, that was definitely my shit when I was a kid. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought I'd have more to say about this, but kind of fighting for stuff to talk about. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, you know, for a kid's movie, which it is, it's it's pretty fun. It's It's pretty dark. How so? Like the the content, the subject matter. It's I mean, it's not you know terrifying or anything, but like for a kids movie, I think it's it's fairly dark. All right, sure. Yeah, the troll is is cool looking. It is very gross. It is very um, ugly. Mm-hmm. It's very troll. It's very yeah. It's very trolly. Very trollish. But it, it looks cool. Um. Eartha Kitt as old lady Hackmore is a, is a good kind of old Ralph 
Yeah. I kind of wish she would have been more involved. Seemed like she had kind of a, a pretty prominent role in the middle of the movie, but towards the end, she just kind of faded out. Yeah. Do they only have her on set for a certain amount of days or something? I don't know. But if they if that was the case, you would have thought she did kind of space her out a little more. Like it's like, all right, well, we got to do Eartha's films these or these Eartha scenes these days. Yeah. Um, I do wish there was more of like a a battle, because uh, I mean, really, there's no big fight. You know, there's I mean, there's the shooting the milk at the. Um, yeah, I mean, I I in a kids movie, it's I guess it be kind of hard, hard to show like yeah violence. that's true um yeah i don't know the milk was a little silly the milk was very silly but again kids movie so i don't know you gotta like look at it from a different scope i guess yeah so i don't know i kind of think that's all i got yeah i mean you you don't see a lot of troll movies. Uh, excuse me, Troll Hunter. Yeah, I didn't say you don't see any. I said you don't see very many. All right, this also came out long before Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter. There's also Troll and Troll Two. So right, which came out before this. Yeah, but again, I'm not saying there aren't any. <laughs> I'm saying there's not very many. So I'm giving it credit for having a somewhat original antagonist. It's also the Trolls movie. Like the, with the jewels in the bellies and the big hair? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess. They got a new one coming out. Oh, good. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Something about music. I don't care. It's like this metalhead. Stop talking. This metalhead troll comes out from like another world or dimension or something and starts stealing music because metalheads are bad. Why do why they got to do that? I don't know. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them and their stupid movies. That's uh, it's very judgmental, and I don't like it. Yeah, I feel attacked. I feel triggered. Sets sets a dangerous precedent. Yep, they're teaching kids that metalheads are bad, and they're not. Nope. I mean, they can be. Metalheads are often better people than people that don't listen to metal. Yeah. Less judgmental. Mm-hmm. Except about music tastes, then they get really judgmental. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. That was a stupid tangent. <laughs> we're, just, we're just filling time now. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's fun, but it it is stupid. It is, but I mean, it's an earnest movie. All the earnest movies are stupid, and they center around somebody who's a complete moron, mm-hmm. but who you know ends up saving the day somehow every time. Always. Uh, so yeah, it's not great, but I mean, for what it is, it's it's an enjoyable movie. Yeah. It's not a yearly, you know, it's not something I'd be like, oh, Halloween time, time, time to watch Ernest. Yeah. But I mean, for some people it is. Like yeah, there no, are people like ride or die, Ernest scare stupid movies or that's, fans. I mean, that's silly. Yeah. That's the, that ain't me. That ain't me. That ain't me either. Man. But no, but I mean, it is, I think, you know, every couple of years it's worth popping in and giving it a go. All right. All right. I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, five. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, whatever you say. I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate it or love it. It's, it's just 
really like dead square in the middle. I yeah, I don't have a strong opinion about it one way or the other. Exactly. Like when you're watching it, you're just like, "Yep, this is a movie." Yeah. And it's like I'm, I'm enjoying myself watching it, and then when it's over, you're like, "All right, what else am I going to do now?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, that was a thing I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like something where you're going to sit there and think about it and try to figure something out, or you know, like try to decode the message or right it's just it's it's dumb fun for the hour and a half or whatever that it's on it's dumb fun and full of cum i I don't think it is that was milk tony (laughs) (laughs) all right okay so that's gonna do it for us today guys um and uh we'll do it again in a couple weeks we sure will taylor what are we Got tongue-tied there. (laughs) Taylor, what are we going to be watching? We're going to be watching the anthology movie Nightmare Cinema, as well as Guillermo del Toro's uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Right. I forgot that was coming up already. Directed by Andre Uverdahl, director of Troll Hunter. Cool. Uh, and in the meantime, be sure to, uh, I don't know, listen to our old episodes if you haven't. <laughs> sure, why not? They're still there. Uh, check us out online and, and places. Taylor, where is that? This is going really poorly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't man. know what happened. Head over to graveplotpodcast.com to check us out there. Uh, subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Leave us a rating and review. Send us an email. Let us know you did. We'll send you some free stuff. It'd be worth your while. Uh, make sure you check out greatplotfilmfest.com. Like I said, submissions opening uh, August 1st. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. And if you want to contribute monetarily and see me get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass, head over to patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast. Yay, money. All right, guys. Well, we'll be back in a couple weeks with a brand new episode for you. Till then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Are you?